his snitches were back. That's right. Me and Adam. Me <laughs> is Tara. Right. <laughs> In case you forgot who I was, but Adam is here too. I'm here. And so is Bentley. Yeah, they're all some here. Hello, somewhere Captain. Here. Hello. So, hello, snitches. We are going to be talking about chapter 36. 36 today. Of, of Harry Potter and the Order, Order of the Phoenix. Phoenix the is, only one he ever feared. Yeah, that's what it's called. And Adam wrote a thing, but before I read that, I'm just going to do a real quick... Um, well, before you do that, we're going to talk about Patreon. Here they are. Here they are. It is our Patreon supporters. Thanks, as always, to Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Layla, Marybeth, Megan, Meredith, Nisi, Nicole, Rath, and we have a new patron at our $5 level. This is actually our very first $5 patron, and that is Jen. If you listen to Tara's other podcast, Podcast in Death, Jen is one of the other lovely hosts of that podcast. Thank you so much for your support, Jen, and all of our other patrons. You can also join this list at patreon.com slash basic snitches for three to ten dollars a month for a ton of extra content be recognized in every episode and some other fun little things in there it's a game week so this week we're playing a game and it is an old faithful that we've done a little bit in the past especially with sarah when she was on we'll definitely do again in the future so yeah patreon You guys are awesome. I'm going to do Winner Loser. Yeah. Of chapter 35. Wait, what happened? Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Chapter 35. Do you have have a guess for Winner Loser of chapter 35? Um, Loser is Bellatrix. Okay. And Winner is Dumbledore. I don't know. So the the loser is correct is Bellatrix. Yeah. That bitch sucks. BT Doves. She's terrible. So the winner is Neville and Harry together okay yeah that makes sense whether they kick ass together as much as they can also giving harry a win because the end of the chapter sucks for him (laughs) i'm assuming you sent it to me yeah i hope it went through okay i'm really proud of this thing because this is like a major chapter yeah my thing is much shorter it's like the pinnacle of (laughs) what happens in this book what okay so uh thing for tara Harry is so fucking pissed. He realizes that Sirius is never coming back, and he charges after Bellatrix, who runs from a teenager and then has the audacity to call him a baby. Girl, I thought you were a bad bitch. They fight for a bit, and then Harry reveals that the prophecy is broken, and Bellatrix starts to get scared. And then her main dick, Voldy, appears, and she damn near shits her pants. Voldy tries to kill Harry, but Dumble is like, not today, Satan. He traps Bellatrix under a golden woman as the fountain in the Ministry Atrium is suddenly weaponized. They have a magnificent battle. Voldy reveals that he thinks there's nothing worse than death, and Dumble's like, wrong, honey. Pissing off a gay is the worst thing a dick fuck like you could do. Everyone knows that gays are the most powerful beings in the universe. Correct. (laughs) After more fighting, it seems that Dumble has bested him as he vanishes. Then suddenly, he sort of possesses Harry, and is one of the most terrifying moments in the series. Harry blacks out and wakes up to a room full of people. Fudge waltzes in and starts engaging in a dick-measuring contest with Dumble. Oh, sweetie. You have a chode. Hmm, fitting. In comparison to Dumble's full baloney log so big that it would knock out a horse. Or a Thestral. Or a Sagittarius. If there's one thing we've learned from this book, it's that everything is a horse now. <laughs> Fudge starts to whimper and whine, so Dumble grabs him by the neck and lifts him up in the air and says, Listen here, you little cock goblin. You're going to remove that rancid crusty pink turd from my school and leave my widow Hagrid alone. 
I have work to do. Then he drop kicks him and Fudge flies into the sun, never to be seen again. Everyone applauds. Actually, this is the point in the movie where the directors decided to move to the end of the second movie for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, this is where the, everybody should have gotten them and plotted when Dumbledore yeets Fudge Packer into the sun. Yeet. So great. So May they, I help you? What if she did answer to that? So before we get into the chapter, just really briefly, because you may notice that my energy is really, really low. I've had quite a week. I've had a big family emergency. I'm not going to go into the details of it. It's been um, a week. So I'm very glad that Tara is here with me today and that there's a little bit of normalcy. I mean, I was funny when I wrote that thing. I thought that was a pretty good thing, but... It we'll, was. We'll see how how my uh, my sense of humor stands up today. And, of course, kudos to Tara for uh, checking in on me all this week and everything to admit it. So, thank you, baby. I'll do what I can. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into the chapter. Yeah, Harry mad. First he is like, no, Lupin. He's not gone. He can't be. It's like that moment of desperation. Like, this cannot be happening yeah i really don't blame him he just like takes off after bellatrix you know you could look at this and think that harry is having a really strong reaction to what happened kind of throwing himself into an exceedingly dangerous situation but what have we learned about harry up to this point yeah right he's going to throw himself into this i mean we were just talking about how he's not at all afraid of death in the last few chapters in the department of mysteries and whatnot fuck all he's like leaping over luna running into the elevators yeah they're all just like hey what's going on he's like nah i got time for you guys fuck this i gotta go yeah i gotta go fuck shit up and honestly i think he has a pretty valiant effort with bellatrix and they go back and forth and everything i mean i think it's the biggest badass move is when they're fighting and stuff and Fucking Bellatrix is like, little baby Potter, yeah. She's, like, terrible. That is Get that out. is some Draco Malfoy level bullshit. Okay? I, that is I exactly mean, what I thought I mean, he takes after his terrible aunt. There it is. There you go. That's it. I hope my nieces take after their terrible aunt, which is me. <laughs> Not you, Natalie. Like, <laughs> you're, like you're Draco, you could have taken after your really cool uncle, Sirius, or your shitty aunt. But no, you took out your shitty aunt, and that is why you're a terrible bully. Yeah. The end. Yeah, he learned it all from her. So there's that. Bellatrix is not very clever in her insults here. And She's whatnot. pretty terrible. But then I think it's a power move for Harry to be like, that prophecy is broken, and now your boyfriend's going to be mad at you. And then Voldemort's like, boyfriend is here. He sure is. He's like, I did not consent to being her boyfriend. This is not a good relationship. This bitch is obsessed with me. I got shit to do like kill you. That's exactly how it goes. Harry's like, uh, your boyfriend's going to be mad at you. And Voldemort just walks and he's like, hey, Harry, that's very rude. I did not consent to this. Exactly. (laughs) No death. Um, But Dumble waiting in the shadows and he chops that head off that statue. So I love that in your thing you were like, the statue is being weaponized. It really is. We hate the statue because it is clearly, you know... It represents something. Represents not great things. Yeah. But that statue did not ask for that. I was about to say, the statue is not sentient, but maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is even before this. It, it's the fucking fountain at the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. So maybe it is sentient. Racist wizards made this fountain. So it's not yeah. the fountain's fault. 
but Dumble's over here dismantling the patriarchy and saving Harry at the same time. So that wizard head blocks the spell, and Double waltzes in and is like, uh-uh, not today. I love it because, like, you know, Harry is down there, like, vaguely thinking, like, God, I wish Dumbledore would be where we are, wherever the fucking Department of Mysteries is. He's handling shit down there, and I need him here. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, Harry almost summoned Dumbledore. This is why this kid always lives. He has this moment of being like, I wish this was happening, or I wish this person was here, or I wish that something would just make it apparent to me that I could get out of this somehow. Like, that's how Harry always survives. So no wonder he feels so fucking overwhelmed by these things, you know? Right place, right time. Yeah, there's so many right place, right times for him. So I have a a little bit of a question here that I just thought of. In the next chapter, we learn, of course, about the power of love. Mm. Cue Huey Lewis in the news. We had Shaka Khan, now we have Huey and Lewis. If that spell would have hit Harry, what would have happened? (laughs) I know that's a weird thing to ask. I wonder. at the end of the series it happens. I mean, I wonder if what happened at the end of the series... They have one less Horcrux. Right. So the Horcrux dies, but then Harry is now 100% mortal. Yeah. And then the next time you sit with that, he's dead? I don't know. Yeah. I also just think about, like, at the end of the seventh book. This is, again, a little bit of a crazy question, but did Dumbledore have to die in order for everything to go to plan? Dumbledore did not have to die for everything to go to plan. Okay. Because I'm thinking if he's hit with that and he goes to, like, the King's Cross Station, sort of, like, limbo sort of deal, would there be someone else? Maybe it would be Sirius there who is like, hey, you're not finished. Go back to life. I wonder what that would be. But no, Dumbledore did not have to die. But if Dumbledore were still alive, the trajectory of the last book would have gone so much differently. Because he would be helping Harry destroy Horcruxes. He would know where most of them are. Or he would have a better idea of how to find them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what the seventh book, I think, is so much about their journey. Like, people get pissed and they're like, oh, people, they just camp the whole time. Do you understand the journey of... That's what it is. Like, that's why it feels more realistic than it should. You don't know where to begin half the time. And if you don't have all the resources, because the resources you've always had are gone, that's just a very real feeling. So you spend a lot of that book going, I have no fucking idea what to do, because they don't. And that's why, once the book starts cooking, it doesn't feel like the rest of the series to me, and I really like it. I think it's a great conclusion. But I'm not bothered by all the camping. Part of that is, if Dumbledore were around, the book would be a quarter of the size it is. He would get them into Gringotts easier. Mm-hmm. He would they get them the Umbridge. sword. There would be all the problems going on, because I think Voldy still would have taken over the Ministry. But that would have been a much shorter-lived process. Yeah. There's no real leader of the Order of the Phoenix is the problem with the seventh book. And it's not a problem. Like, that's part of the plot. Because you'd think that Moody is the pseudo-leader. Well, he's dead in the first chapter. Or the first couple chapters. Right. So you do not have a leader. And you're thinking, maybe it could be Lupin. Lupin is dealing with his own fucking drama. Mm -hmm. Or Kingsley. Or Kingsley, who has to handle everything. There's no leader. And that's just how it is. I think what we're going to find here, because this is like the start of what propels us into the next two books, here and the next chapter. And everything that we learn in the sixth book about what is to come that then sets up the finale (laughs) of the series. It's interesting to ask, I think, some of these questions in this moment. One other thing that I kind of jumped over, but I mean... We kind of already talked about it in the past chapter where Harry actually hits Bellatrix with Crucio. And that's where she says, you have to mean it. You have to beat it. 
But, but even in that moment, he got a little spurt out uh, of it and made her shriek. And then speaking of Bellatrix, too, for the rest of this chapter, she's trapped under that gold woman. Would you like to be trapped under a gold woman? I'm good. I would not. Being trapped makes me feel like it would just be too traumatizing. What if it was trapped but in a, like, a sexy way? But I'm still trapped. But I mean, if it's like... in a sexy way, then you might like it. Can I get out? Maybe. <laughs> that is literally the determining factor. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Dumbo comes up in there and is like, hey, this fountain isn't important. Rip it apart. It is just destruction of this poor fountain. Yeah. But also, some of these spells that they're doing in this battle are just incredible. I mean, these are are the two most talented wizards out there. Yeah. Which makes me go, Voldemort couldn't find his own fucking way into the... the, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, also, he apparates out of this chapter. You couldn't apparate into the the Department of Mysteries. Like, you couldn't apparate into the lift. At 2 a.m.? In one of the last episodes I said, you know, maybe it was like the one I'm done to kill Harry. But when you really think about it, the important thing was to get the prophecy. They wanted that weapon. And that weapon would have helped him in the future. So I don't even like that idea that I had said of like the one and done of killing Harry. I mean, also like you've been doing this for so long. If that's going to be your focus is getting that fucking prophecy. Mm. Just go get the prophecy my dude yeah totally you're a terrible villain in thinking of some of these spells i didn't really write too much of them down but the intensity of fox even coming in and like sacrificing himself and the way that they're conjuring all these things at hogwarts they're learning fairly basic spells it made me want to learn more i mean we had even talked about rookwood's purple knife spell purple knife spell uses on hermione (laughs) Yeah, and and briefly on Harry, how many more spells are there that we don't even know about that are like even referred to? But I believe that in the movie, the only thing that we see is him in the like sphere of water. We will watch the movie. We'll take a break. Yeah, obvi- I promise. That obviously means that we haven't watched the movie yet, but we'll, we will do that. So I wonder how I'm going to feel only remembering like the sphere of water. But then again, the sphere of water is also in the Lego Harry Potter game. And that also has colored a lot of what oh, I remember. It's, it's, it's pretty cool though. Yeah. yeah. One other really important thing that is said here is Voldemort saying there's nothing wrong worse than death we've definitely talked about that the interesting thing about the end of this book is these little hints that we get about voldemort's vulnerability and then how his last resort is to literally possess harry also this shows so much about dumbledore in the next chapter he talks about it if there's something about harry that makes me go (laughs) there's something about harry does he put cum in his hair (laughs) sorry i had to that's the first thing yeah If it were someone else or 20 years earlier, I think Dumbledore might have Mm. killed Harry. That is not a bad thought. Like you know, when I mean, it's a bad thought, but <laughs> when, when Voldemort, <laughs> you know, you know I mean. says that while possessing Harry, I'm like, he gets Dumbledore so much more than we think he does. Yeah. He still doesn't get Dumbledore as a whole because no one does. But I think Dumbledore would have because of Harry and because of how he processed growing up in such an abusive situation and his kindness and graciousness and goodness that he clearly got from both of his parents but mostly his mother and the capabilities of his kindness and all of that i think that that hits dumbledore in the face real hard in his first year and all this time dumble is realizing that it can be about the potential of one person because i think at the beginning of the first year he's like yep let's go my plan's in place and then he sees what this 11 year old child is about and now here we are 
four years later, it's kind of like a, I could do this. I could literally kill Voldemort right now, but with what I don't know yet about his Horcruxes. Right. And with the fact that this child could, this, my plan could actually work. Look at how far he's come. I think that here in this moment when Voldemort challenges him to kill Harry, Voldemort of course is like, I've got my Horcruxes, I'm good. Not understanding that killing Harry would kill one of his Horcruxes and Dumbledore not quite understanding all of that either yet. There's a part of both Voldemort and Dumbledore that know that could very well have been a thing that would have happened. It's cool to bring that up because we kind of walk through the trajectory of the last five years in next chapter. Mm-hmm. It's funny that we're thinking about all these like alternative things that could happen here because, I mean, it's down to the wire now, like from here to the end of the series. So the way that it's written when he is being possessed to is crazy. And it's crazy to think too. Harry is like, yeah, I will die right now. Like, I can't handle this anymore. Yeah, a little bit. real sad, It's so crazy to think that Voldemort even has this power, too, because, of course, Ginny has been through this possession, Mm -hmm. and Quirrell, and... What's-her-face did, too? Um, Bertha Jorkins? Did he possess her? Oh, maybe, maybe, because some of that definitely came out at the end of the last book, when he was talking about... He, like, possessed a lot of creatures, like snakes and stuff. Yeah, to see it in action in this way is very jarring. Harry passes out, and he wakes up like he was just under a bunch of anesthesia. That gets of anesthesia. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe anesthesia is a spell, because it sounds like one. Anesthesia, and he, like, passes out, and he wakes up later, and it feels like it was a blip. Should I I text Dr. Satariano and be like, are you a wizard? Yes, right (laughs) now. We need it for science. We need it for science. That's kind of how I read, but how terrifying is that then to come up out of, let's pretend it's anesthesia, and you're in a room full of people. No, that's not how that works. Usually you wake up and there's maybe one person or no people, and there's a curtain around you. Exactly. <laughs> you are in a private location. I prefer that. Right? <laughs> the fact that like he wakes up and the room is fucking full is just a lot. I can't yeah. imagine. No, know. yeah, I'm sure. And the fact that none of these people realize he's there for a second. Do they just walk in? They're like, oh, Dumbledore's just chilling. Dumbledore's here. Let's just ignore the child laying on the floor. Right? Fudge is like, Harry, Harry Potter? What the fuck other Harry you think Dumbledore's be talking about? He doesn't care about anyone. There are anybody else named Harry in this world. <laughs> the most normal name. Right. That we see through the entire series. There ain't any other Harrys. And the fact that he comes in and even off the bat is like, oh yeah, I saw Voldemort too. It's like, okay, well, you're in a room full of people. Everybody heard you say it. Right, everyone saw it also. And then the cult mentality of immediately being like, seize Dumble. And Dumble is He's like, like, I'm ready. Yes. I love what he was like, I am prepared to fight your men again. Come on, yeah. like, get over it. And the way how he almost like takes his hand and like holds Fudge's lips closed or something. Like that's how I picture it in my head. He's like, no, 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 no. You shut up. This is what you're going to do, bitch. Because you done fucked us up enough. You're going to get that bitch out of my school. You're going to I mean, tell people to stop looking for Hagrid. Get the pink show lady gone if you can find her. The Sagittarius might have like roasted her on a spit at this point. Which would have um, been great. That would have been great, but alas. It's sort of akin to how Harry talks back to Bellatrix. But I like this one so much more because, well... 
I mean, we kind of did talk about how Bellatrix and Fudge were, like, in our top-tier villains of the series. Oh, like, yeah. they're among the worst. To that point, and looking at comparisons and stuff, I almost like Dumbledore's action of telling off Fudge more. It's so refreshing for him to do this. Well, and Dumble is pretty fired up here. Yeah, it's amazing. And then the very last thing he does, he takes that poor wizard's disembodied head and turns into a porky. <laughs> Fudge is like, you, you can't do that. Can I, bitch? Yeah, Albus Dumbledore is like, I am Albus Dumbledore and I can do what like, I please. At this point, I'm like, what is that attempt to be like, no, you can't do that. Watch me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'ma do it. Tumble's like, oh, you mean this thing I'm doing? Okay. Good luck trying to stop me. <laughs> What's so, the game, baby? Okay. I don't know why, but I keep calling you baby all of a sudden. Like, this know. is something that's been more Someone recent. Someone asked to do it. You're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. This is a Mad Libs game. Ooh, it's new. Yeah. I worked really hard to figure this oh out. Oh my god, I'm so excited for this. There's a lot of them here. So, I need you to give me a PD burp. Shouted. I'm like, let's not go out the gate immediately with dicks and shit, okay? Plenty of opportunities. Good. A body part. Vulva. <laughs> Did I trick you? Did you think I was gonna go with the phallus instead? I mean, I'm sure it will come. Another body part. Phallus. <laughs> You're really gonna say phallus or are yes. gonna say t- Nope, phallus. An adjective. I thought you were gonna be like another body part. <laughs> it's only body parts. <laughs> <laughs> An adjective. So let's do greasy. A noun. There's so many noun options. There There's are a lot of nouns. nouns. There are a lot of nouns in the world. Cat. I'm just like looking at Bentley and I can't think of another word, so there you go. Fine. An adjective. L-Y. Pendulously. What does that even mean? Like a swinging dick. It swang pendulously. (laughs) I mean, I knew what a pendulum was, but I did not realize that that was a thing. Okay, an adjective. Brown. Okay, and a noun. Chicken nugget. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite answer so far. (laughs) A verb. Squirt. Can we talk about, there used to be a soda or a pop named Squirt. Yeah, sure was. Who decided that? (laughs) It was basically like a Sprite type of thing. I think it was like more grapefruit, if I remember. Oh, maybe? Okay. Let's have a can of Squirt with your little snack cake moist. Anyway, a noun. Snack cake. (laughs) Sorry. A verb plus ed. Sucked. A verb plus ing. Flying. I was trying to come up with something that wasn't disgusting, <laughs> and it took me a while. <laughs> and a verb. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> a body part. Oh my god, I already gave you all the body parts you know. <laughs> Tate! Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be like finger. I'm not going to do like nose. <laughs> adjective. Uh, fluffy. And another adjective. Stanky. With an A. Okay, and one more adjective, and that's the last one. Very large. I know that's technically two words, but that's what I'm going with. Okay. So now you're going to read me a story? I'm going to read you a little section of this chapter. You come up with the best fucking games. (laughs) I swear to God, I'm so (laughs) excited to hear this. I have no idea how this is going to go. All right. Harry shouted again because he knew it would incense her. The pain in his vulva hurting so badly that he thought his phallus might burst. (laughs) Whoa. That adds some layers. (laughs) (laughs) He waved his greasy hand from behind the one-eared cat and withdrew 
threw it pendulously as she sent another jet of brown chicken nuggets flying at him. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing there, he shouted. Nothing to squirt. It smashed and nobody heard what it said. Tell your snack cake that. (laughs) No, she sucked. It isn't true. You're flying. Master, I tried, I tried. Do not murder me. Don't waste your breath, yelled Harry. Oh, murder actually worked. Damn it. (laughs) His eyes screwed up against the pain in his taint, now more fluffy than ever. The pain in his taint. He can't hear you from here. Can't I, Potter? Said a stanky, very large voice. The end. Uh, lovely. The pain <laughs> in my taint is going to be my next memory. I think my favorite is the chicken nuggets. <laughs> Brown chicken nuggets. <laughs> Tell your snack cake that. I like that too. I do like that too. Very good. Very good new game. I love it. I'm so upset that the next time I do that is going to be the next book. Because right? I have only one more game and I've already decided what it is. Oh, so I told Steve about this and mm. he was like, he was like, what if Adam has the same game? And I was like, then we're the best. I'm not the best, but <laughs> you are. Okay, let's talk about that movie. He's chasing Bellatrix out, and she's yeah. like, ah, kills you with black, which of course is a legendary movie thing. Yeah. And when he crucios her, it is a lot more of Harry in power. They have no exchange. Yeah, he just, like, knocks her over. And she, like, cowers on the floor. I mean, obviously, it's not Helena Bonham Carter. I think it's more direction. I wonder if she thinks that he might just, you know, fucking punch her in the face, which, honestly, he should have at that point. Yeah, that would have been fine. Well, Voldemort is the one that says, you have to mean it. Yes. Which I actually like a lot. Really? I don't know that I like it more or less. I just Mm. like it. Because of the way that they're choosing to tell that part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, Dumbledore isn't there yet in the movie. Right. That's so, the other thing. So Harry doesn't have that, like, Dumbledore, Dumbledore is, is downstairs. He's going to take care of things. Of course, all of his friends are not unconscious in the movie. He's run away from Lupin and run after Bellatrix. And mm-hmm. so those are the only people that we see until he just says, oh, you have to mean it. And then he just, like, appears in that mist. Yes. Which is pretty badass looking. Yep. And he's, like, speaking through the scar, kind of. Oh, yeah. And then we see Dumbledore use the flu powder to come in. And he looks furious. Furious, and he has the little rubber band in his beard. This is Michael Gambon's best Dumbledore moments. This fight, in I my think so, opinion. too. I think so, In my too. opinion. He's got some great moments in the sixth movie, but this movie as a whole, but especially this battle. Yeah. This battle is hot. Yeah, the battle is just incredible. It doesn't go through all of the different things in the book, but we do see some really amazing things. Like I said, the water sphere happens, which I do remember. Oh, There's the so fire good. basilisk. Yeah, which and also looks so good. Then when we were watching, I was like, I hope the Ministry has insurance because... It is a mess. All of those windows are shattered. So the fountain is intact, but all the windows shatter. And then he kind of conjures them all to go after Harry and Dumbledore. And that's when Dumble has like a shield to protect them. Oh yeah, because it's like glass coming at them. Yeah. And then it turns to sand or whatever. And it's so cool looking. Yes, it is really incredible. All of the black paneling, I don't know if it's supposed to look like marble or plate or something, but that shiny black paneling everywhere, it It is visually so good. Yeah, I agree. While the glass is moving through the air, it slices through the fudge banner. We're like, yay! Um, that guy. 
Yay. Yes. And so then after it all turns to sand, it looks for a moment that Voldemort is just like, bye. But yeah. as it was happening, I was like, oh, he does get possessed. I kind of forgot about oh, that. Oh, yeah. The way he does that scene, the first time I watched it, I remember being like, shouldn't he be more physically active, like more fighting it off? And I'm like, but you can't physically fight that off. It has to be mentally and emotionally like he does. In the circumstance of the movie, I like the exchange of Dumbledore being there. Like, you can yeah, get out of this. I and like that too. Harry saying to him, I feel sorry for you. And seeing the five of them come out and, and him being able to see them. It's not at all what happens in the book. It's just a nice visual for me. Yeah, you know, I think in the movie they prioritized the possession and all the flashbacks he has. And then he has to conjure up the positive memories. Yeah. Very similar to the Patronus stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think I like that. Because in the book, it was kind of a little bit more of a blip. Like, oh, Harry's possessed, and then this happens. We, I'm glad we talked about it at length and about what that means, but it didn't seem as significant as it was in the movie. Well, and I wonder, because Harry passes out, like, what does that do? Did Voldemort stop possessing him because he passed out? Because Dumbledore did some kind of spell? Because everyone showed the fuck up? Like, why did he leave? Why did he not just steal the child's body and wreak havoc? Like it kind of says in the next chapter in the book, and you kind of see that he harnesses the power of love, he relives in the news. Sponsor us, by the way. We didn't say that earlier. Right. But I mean, that's something that they can't show. I think they did it fine. I think that that's what that was supposed to show, was Harry being like, you won't know this, your life sucks. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have time to expound upon that at the end of the movie. We have literally like 90 seconds left in the movie yeah, you know yeah and, and they don't even go into that at all in like they do in the next chapter either yeah. so so I do kind of like that and then Harry kind of retorts and is like I feel sorry for you Voldemort is back outside of his body and is like you will lose Harry Potter and <laughs> the two of us are like oh really is that oh the really case? bitch and then that's when Fudge comes in and I do not like how it's just He's back. I know, it's so bad. It's so bad. I hate it. Steve loves to make fun of that. Yeah. Good, (laughs) Steve. I agree. Oh, the other thing, in the memories, I actually pointed it out. There's one point where he's having all these flashbacks and Voldemort is kind of going in things. And there's this... It makes me think of Twin Peaks for some reason. But (laughs) there's this moment where... It's not connected to any of my other memories, but it's more so, I think, supposed to represent that Voldemort is there in his mind. And Voldemort's like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, about? yeah. I pointed it out. I That, for some reason, makes me feel uncomfortable. And, like, I don't love that. Kind of weird. You know, after there was so much richness in some of the last chapters, it's not by any means the same in the movie, but I like it a lot. So the movie gets like an A for me, I think. I think my biggest drawback would probably be that Bellatrix is a little bit more wimpy. I don't know why. Like, I feel like it doesn't do any good to show her differently than the book. Yeah. Like, just take some of her lines away. Don't change her personality. Yeah. Especially because Helena Bottom Carter is, like, insane in the movie. So, yeah, I think that that's my only qualm. But otherwise, I think you did a pretty good job. I'm going to actually start with the negative points. But negative 30 to Bellatrix, because she's so bad in the movie. She's a bad bully. (laughs) Negative 50 to Voldemort, because he is also bad. But negative 75 to Fudge, (laughs) because I still kind of hate him more than Voldemort. And he comes in and is like, oh, I just saw Voldemort. Oh, there's Dumbledore. Arrest him. Fuck you. Pretty terrible. Plus 100 to Dumbledore, because this is a badass scene. Yeah. But also plus 50 to Harry, because Harry, like, gives it to Bellatrix. Also, Jesus Christ, have we talked on this podcast about how Harry Potter has trauma? 
What? <laughs> Harry Potter has trauma? That poor child. This is one of those scenes where you just, you feel it. I feel like it's like oh God, there in yeah. the background. So 50 to Harry, plus 35 to Fox, because he came out of nowhere and was like, nah, you didn't kill him, Dumble, and then knocked his little baby. I also like how it mentioned how little baby Fox was on the floor just like squawking when all the people were there. Right. That's cute. But most importantly, 10 points to the wizard portkey head. Because I felt bad for him. Right. He, he got decapitated and now he's a portkey. And now he lives in Dumbledore's office. I mean, at least it's a better home for him. But he don't have his body anymore. Right. So next time, we are not discussing any chapter because it's going to be our special episode on curriculum. We are going to be joined by Jill and Sydney, who are two of my um, co-workers. I don't talk about work too much on here, but I work for an ed tech company and both Jill and Sydney have a background in that. So we're going to talk about mostly the flaws and perhaps some good things about what the curriculum at Hogwarts is like. It'll be fun. Yes, it will. Oh, one other thing. So I was talking to my mom the other day about the podcast and I went on to iTunes and um, I want to remind everybody to give us a five-star review on any of the your listening apps of choice because we did have one... Uh, one star. Oh, rude. Yeah, and I can't remember his full name, but it was like Washington something. So, Washington shitface, or whatever your name is. I'm interested to know why you think this is one of the worst Harry Potter podcasts that you've ever listened to. Yeah. Have you done one? Let us know. Email us, and we'll listen to it. Also, feel free to take a flight out to Cleveland and say it to my face. I mean, you're allowed to think that, but maybe give us a reason why. Yeah. Are you the expert on Harry Potter podcasts? Because I will tell you, I listen to a lot of Harry Potter podcasts and all of the best ones are done professionally and those people literally do it as their job, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of ridiculous, but whatever. Exactly. So, and that's sometimes that's what people want. They want something that sounds very produced and tightly run and that's fine like that's what you want that's fine it's really not helpful for us why are you wasting internet space giving us a review that yours is not productive or that's constructive you said it so well this is a passion project we're called basic snitches i know that we have many people on here who love us yeah i think that we've always been very open about like reach out to us and stuff i mean if there's something you don't like on the podcast let us know too instead of Putting a shitty fucking rating on our podcast for no reason. Why is it the worst? Is it because we sound like shit? And if so, that's okay. Because we're kind of meant to sound like shit. That We don't have a recording booth or anything. If you want to be like, it's a terrible podcast because they go off on too many tangents or they are not considering this or whatever, that's fine. Like, you are allowed to have that opinion, but don't give us and just be like, "Mm, it's one of the worst ever. Listen, if you ever listen to the other podcast I host, you know I get pissy about shitty reviews not because i need to defend what i'm doing but because you are literally not helping anyone by giving a review that is not constructive right and rant go back and listen to our collab with podcast and death because we have quite a bit to say about the pretentious assholes in there and frankly i think that you washington shit face fall under that feel free to defend yourself on a platform we just defended ourselves yeah why not so with that we will catch next time in our special episode of weeder zane i guess yeah Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. 
Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!